There he is. That's Nicole Kidman's husband, uh, if you didn't know that. That's, that's Keith were. Urban. Thought, so there you go. I thought you were. No, Faith Hill. I'm oh, Faith yeah, Hill, that's not, right. That's not right. Nicole Kidman. That's right. Hey, good morning. It's Friday morning here at Wax. Time to do some farm chores this morning, and it's going to be a beautiful summer-like day. 75, partly sunny. We should break the record. I think the old record's about 70, set... Well, I think first back around 18-something. and then, 1895. And then 2016, it got to 70 again. But now it's going to get about 75, partly sunny today, 73 tomorrow, 72 on Sunday. So, again, you got more chores to do, got more corn out. We were Scott and I were talking. Oh, I'm, by the way, I'm Bob. And I'm Scott. And Scott and I were talking earlier that uh, I wonder how many of these 365-day hybrids are going to be out there this year and what the excuse <laughs> is going to be because <laughs> it's drying down. It's 20% or less, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I took a walk in one of the area cornfields just the day before yesterday, and boy, oh, boy, it's dried down. Yeah, it really has. So, again, uh, yeah. uh, hopefully the... Uh, Corn will all get off this year, and we'll be able to get it off safely. I haven't heard of many farm accidents. Heard of a few, unfortunately. That always happens, uh, yep. which is one is too many, but it always always does happen. Speaking of that weather record, by the way, yeah. it's 1895. That must have been about the year you were born. <laughs> happy birthday. Yeah, it is a happy birthday. You know, I always had one wish. What? Well, besides be at, the oven. What to do? What besides besides the Susie homemaker? Oven. Yeah, right, right. But uh, <laughs> my one wish was always to have like a, a summer birthday, and today I'm getting a summer birthday. I've got shorts on today, I and noticed. I don't wear shorts many days on my birthday when it's the sixth hey. of November. So hey, we're wearing age, them today, and we're going to enjoy them. I'm happy we remember to wear pants on days <laughs> like uh, at our age. <laughs> That's for sure. So anyway, it's going to be a beautiful Friday. 75, partly sunny, lots of farm news to look at this morning. Uh, and in the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program 1, so if you've uh, made application and haven't got money or haven't turned your forms in yet, by golly, get those turned in because there's still money out there. And we're going to talk about Wisconsin bear hunters. A uh, good day for a horse auction. we got one going on over to the east, right? Yep, over at Premier Livestock. I might have to go over there and check that out. Yeah, they got a lot of draft horses. Draft horses all over the place. What time? Uh, Eleven uh, with tack before. Huh? So do that in Premier Livestock. Of course, if you're wondering over in the Withy area, if you're on 29, when you get to 73, go south, and uh, you'll run into it a mile or two or so down the road. So that is today. Lots of other news to take a look at this morning, as uh, it's a it's a Friday here at Wax, and it's going to be a good Friday as well. So get up and am and get out and enjoy it. Forty degrees right now, but it's going to warm up nicely today. Fifty-two down in La Crosse, Milwaukee's at fifty-nine, and sunshine. Y'all look at the moon too. Nice little haze around it. So good Friday morning. It's a Friday night. Glasses with you, you're going to need it. Five o'clock, this is 104.5 FM WAXX. So, Claire, let's get some news. NBC News Radio, I'm Dean Mucho. Another day has come and gone, and America still has no clear winner after the 2020 presidential election. The electoral votes remain the same with Joe Biden at 253 compared to President Trump's 214. Both have said they're optimistic that they'll come out on top but they're taking very different approaches to getting to that outcome. President Trump saying he will be the winner when the dust settles. Alice Barr is more. 
President Trump refusing to acknowledge that his path to victory appears to be narrowing and claiming with no evidence whatsoever that the election is being rigged. Trump challenged Democrats to say they only want what he called legal votes to be counted. He pointed out that Joe Biden claims to want every vote counted while he only wants legal votes tallied. Facebook is shutting down a pro-group that boasts over 350,000 members. Stop the Steal is behind call for boots on the ground to protect the integrity of the vote. There has been growing alarm that the group may be amping up the potential for violence as it organizes protests surrounding the 2020 vote count. A Portland, Oregon man faces federal charges for allegedly helping ISIS. Brad Ford has more. The FBI and U.S. Attorney for Oregon says 31-year-old Hawazan Samir Mathafar has been working since 2015 to help ISIS. He is accused of creating propaganda and recruiting materials in coordination with ISIS operatives overseas. That includes a publication on effective stabbing techniques and how to make a detonator for explosives. Prosecutors say because Mathafar is confined to a wheelchair, they didn't request his detainment. Instead, he has limitations on travel and use of electronic devices. Brad Ford, Portland, Oregon. The Packers are now 6-2 and two after they beat the 49ers 34-17 on Thursday night football in Santa Clara. 49ers are now 4-5. and five. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. And again, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, what a show they put on last night. And even Scanling caught a couple of big balls. Going, going into this, I said to D right away last night, they're in San Francisco, and for some reason or other, when he goes out there in his home countryside, Rodgers always lays an egg, but he didn't lay one last night. No, boy, he threw some really, really nice balls last night. So 34-17, to 17, the Packers win. And unfortunately, the Badgers still fighting COVID. They're not going to be playing this week. I don't know mm-hmm. if they'll get back to playing next week when they're supposed to play at Michigan on a Saturday night. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, right now, not looking good. Three and a half minutes after five o'clock. Weather, that's looking awfully good. Let's talk hybrids. LG Seeds has a product lineup unlike any other. With our global research program, we evaluate hundreds of thousands of hybrid combinations so only the best seed reaches your field. We call it innovation. You can just call it results. It all comes back to a mentality we share with our growers. Strive to be better. Stop at nothing. Get down to business at lgseeds.com. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. As we said, it's a beautiful Friday. It's really going to be better than good. It's going to be a beautiful Friday. Partly sunny, high of 75 degrees. Boy, I'll tell you, there haven't been many years and guys and gals are combining all and grain off the field Shorts and T-shirts this time of the year. Absolutely. So it's, it's going to be gorgeous. Partly thing. sunny and about 75, and it's only going to get to about 52 tonight, and uh, we'll have 73 on Saturday, partly sunny. 72 on Sunday, partly sunny, then going to cool off next week. Monday, it'll be still in the low 60s with a chance of rain. Tuesday, the high is going to be about 40 with a chance of rain. Now, earlier, they were talking about, you know, mid-30s for the high with a chance of mixed precipitation, but now it looks like it will be rain on Tuesday with a high about 40. So about three or four nice warm days left before November, I guess, kicks in, we could say. Right now it's 49 in Marshfield, Green Bay at 45, Rice Lake at 44, it's 45 in Wausau, Madison at 45, Milwaukee at 59, La Crosse 52, 
And a very pleasant 40 degrees right now in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. Again, partly sunny, 75 today. I like that number. We'll see if we like the rest of the numbers. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Rural Mutual is bringing us the market report this morning. What do you got in your cuff today before we get into that from uh, Revolution I, Coffee? I have some Sumatra and uh, I think donut on your desk or something. Oh, I was going to say. Revolution Coffee Donuts. Boy, donuts and another one of those blueberry, blueberry scones. scones. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. so good. Man, I'll put that in the microwave for about... 15 <laughs> seconds, and oh, it's out of this world. I see those donuts surrounding it. The yeah, best I think, birthday cake I've had in quite a while. I think there's some white chocolate on top of that scone, too. Oh, there is. Oh, yep, it's yep. good stuff. So Revolution Coffee, it's more than coffee. I'll tell you that, even though Scott's <laughs> supposed to. <laughs> oh, this is good. It's good stuff, man. Yeah. As I say, if you're going up and down the interstate, you know, I think, oh, I'm hungry. I want to get something to eat. You know, pass up the, you know, the, what do we call them? Without the fast a, food joints. The fast food joints. And uh, get on down Black River Falls, right? It's just uh, right up the street, across down the street on the other side from the Catholic Church. You can't miss it. And uh, go on in there and get yourself a good cup of coffee. And boy, good sandwiches. Sandwiches there and special sweet treats that they've got. Oh, that's yep. a good place. Really good. All right. What, uh, what do we got cash livestock on a Friday? Fed beef steers are at 94 to 106 with mixed 80 to 98. Fed beef heifers 92 to 105 with mixed 65 to 96. Fed Holstein steers 88 to 96 and a half with selects 65 to 87. Cows are at 35 to 49 and a half with the tops selling at 65. Bulls 42 to 78 with the tops 82. On the hog side, butcher hogs are at 40 and down. Sows, 28 to 31. Boars, 10 and down. New crop market lambs are at 150 to 220. No quote on old crop market lambs. And feeder lambs are at 150 to 242. Very good. Let's take a look at the rest of the markets. The uh, livestock futures, live cattle were higher. Feeder cattle lower, hogs higher yesterday. December live cattle. 108.35, that's up 47. February, 111.45, up 67. April, at 115.30, up 62. And June, live cattle, 109.47, up 57. Feeder cattle, the November contract, 137.57, down 12. January, at 135.40, and that was actually up 25. March, down 12 at 134.75. April, at 136.40, down 45. And May feeders, down 35 at 137.40. Lean hog carcass contracts were higher. December 67.42 up a dollar seven. February hogs 68.47 up 147. April at 70.52 up 112. And May at 74.77 that was up 77. Board of Trade uh, higher again yesterday. Good export numbers and uh, a little higher overnight. Corn this morning on the December contract. About a penny higher in the overnight trade at 410. The oats up two at 304. 
Wheat up two for December at six eleven. January soybeans up a fraction, eleven oh four a bushel. Soybean meal up a dime for December at three hundred eighty seven dollars and ninety cents. Cheese prices took a little bit of a dive. Barrels down three quarters at two forty eight and three quarters. The blocks took the big dive, down another thirteen and a quarter. That's about twenty four twenty five cents down in the last two days. Blocks now sitting at two forty nine and three quarters. Butter was unchanged. 143 and three quarters. Class three prices were also lower yesterday. November down 20 at 23.57. December back under $20. 19.42 down 75. January 17.60 down 32. February down 13 at 16.66. March down nine at 16.38. So Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us our markets this morning. And uh, you had a conversation with another one of our winners that we're going to hear in a few minutes. One of the, uh, and I hate to say winners because They're that's all... the way to do it. But yep. uh, such, a, they received the award that they so richly deserve for all their work. Right. These national proficiency awards at the virtual FFA competition down there in uh, Indianapolis, even though it was a virtual convention, so everybody stayed home. So. We're going over by the river today, huh? Yep, CFC, Cochran, Fountain City, Andrew Mayhus uh, right. down there. It's one of the great ones with now, his he was elk. Elk, uh, yeah, you said the other day, small animal production. <laughs> what is a, what <laughs> is a, what is a big up. animal to you? Well, remember, is... If you remember, the other state winner was uh, from uh, Judah in small animal production oh, with rabbits. Fluff, fluffle of rabbits or a whatever they of rabbits, yeah, that's right. right. So we've got big game here. Andrew Mios from Cochrane Fountain City. We'll hear about Andrew's project with Scott next. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers, but that's okay. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more info about adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Another national FFA convention is in the books. It wasn't quite the same as the other 92 national conventions as this one was virtual. That didn't stop us from having some celebrations here in Wisconsin with some proficiency award winners, one of them being the national proficiency award winner in specialty animal production. That would be Andrew Mayhus, who's a student at UW-Stevens Point and claims the Cochrane Fountain City FFA chapter as his home. Congratulations, Andrew. Thank you very much. Andrew, tell us about what you're studying over at UW-Stevens Point. I'm currently a wildlife ecology and management major, so I am hopefully looking into getting into the DNR in the future, and I would like to work, if possible, with elk in the future, seeing as my background and knowing a little bit about them, and I really fell in love with the animals, so I'd love to work with those in the future. So I'm hoping my education can lead me down that path. just happens to be that your specialty animal production award was the result of your work with elk. Tell me about that elk herd. You grew up in Buffalo City, by the way, in the Buffalo City area, and over at Cochran, that elk herd resides. So I work for Village Elk Farms in Cochran, Wisconsin, for a man named Fred Neitzel. Um, we currently raise two, around 200 head of Rocky Mountain elk. Um, we raise these elk for the velvet production. So there's minerals in the growing antlers, which are basically a blood vessel. And we harvest these minerals, and they go into a lot of herbal medicines and, like, ancient uh, medicines. A lot of those are used. Um, they get used in healing supplements and items like that. They're a very good thing for the body, and they're good for, like, repairing and strengthening muscles. 
So we cut this velvet um, in the springtime when the antlers are growing. They're about two-thirds of the way grown when we cut them. For the past three years, um, we've cut over 800 pounds of grade A velvet, and um, all that has been sold. Some of it gets shipped overseas, and some of it gets used in these herbal medicines back home. Um, there's companies like Wapi Labs um, that use this and sell it um, around here in the United States. We also sell animals for um, slaughter, so animals that are either getting old and aren't producing as well in their velvet, or just animals that we need to get rid of or that are dangerous, um, we will sell these off. And um, that gets used in a lot of different meats. Uh, elk meat is very good for the body because it has a very low cholesterol and is very lean meat. How did you get involved with the herd? So I was looking for a job um, over the summer for my proficiency applications so I could work further into the FFA degrees. So I just talked mm-hmm. to my ag advisor and she, Christine Jumbeck, she went and she kind of asked around the community and then recommended me to Fred Neitzel. And that's how I got the job. I was not really a farm kid growing up, and uh, I was really scared about getting this job, a little worried that I wouldn't be able to be like doing all this stuff. But after learning, and now I've pretty well um, mastered everything I can at the work, and it really shows in the proficiency. You want to be involved with management of wildlife, specifically with possibly elk. Where do you see the elk herd in Wisconsin here? Is, is it going to have a big future for us here? I think the elk herd would be, is going to be like a big future for the Wisconsin area because it's really cool to reintroduce these species back into Wisconsin. They were native here. It's really cool to see them taking off and striving in the Wisconsin area. As you know, I think two years ago they had the first hunt, um, which was a really cool experience. See just like everyone getting out there and finally getting to hunt these animals after so many years. And I think it'll be a big thing for Wisconsin tourism and um, just being able to, you know, have pride in Wisconsin. We have, you know, big whitetail bucks and maybe we can even have some really big elk and have like a big three in Wisconsin. Tell us about what I mentioned early on. The 93rd annual convention wasn't held the same way that the others were. It was virtual. How did that feel? Was it kind of a surreal feeling to participate that way? Or is it just something that you've come to have to do now and just get the job done? I will say I've attended past conventions and gone there. Um, I was with CFC when I was president one year. We received the three-star chapter, so I've gotten to go across stage, talk with the national officers, and get awards through the chapter that way. And doing it virtually is such a different experience. As most people guess, it was over like a Zoom call, like a lot of things are being done these days. It was a lot different than seeing the whole production laid out in front of you, you know, and the Colt Stadium and in the Pacers Stadium and seeing all those blue jackets fill the arena versus sitting there on your computer where I was in my dorm room and watching just a little screen and seeing a convention. It was a lot different. It was still really cool to do, but I definitely wish we could have been there in Indianapolis. It would have been a really cool experience to be able to win there, but it was still really amazing to do over the computer. Did you have folks around you when you were doing this? Yeah, I had a couple of my friends. None of them were really past FFA members. They just came in and kind of watched and it's really cool to see their reaction to what like I took so much pride in in high school was my FFA experience and what I did through FFA and getting to kind of show them that and show them a little bit of the national FFA. And your parents, Scott and Lori, uh, have managed to give you a pat on the back. <laughs> a virtual one so far because I'm still up in Stevens Point, hoping to go home this weekend and get to talk to them and have like a dinner and everything and a celebratory meal. And it'd be nice to see them. And um, a big shout out to them because there's a lot of support from them and helping me with this and supporting me through the FFA.
That's Andrew May, who's National Proficiency Award winner at the recent FFA National Convention in Specialty Animal Production with those Rocky Mountain Elk. I'm Scott Schultz. And uh, another good interview. Those two young men you talked to, Tyler Gardner and now Andrew, this morning. Wow, outstanding. And again, their their advisors, Chris Jumbeck at Cochrane Fountain City, Lindsay Meisner in Pittsville. And I'm sure Lindsay, as I said yesterday, would give Bill Urban, her predecessor, a lot of credit for that cranberry program over there in Pittsville. But uh, and again, this year, Andrew mentioned when he went across as president, Cochrane Fountain City got a three star award. They got a three star chapter award this year as well. So Mm -hmm. Chris Jumbeck really has a Great program over there. All right, 17 and a half minutes after 5 o'clock. We're going to get some farm news here in just a moment. Dummer's Grain Service and Holman Buck Country Grain in Arcadia sponsoring that. And at those elevators today, the corn price, 361, the soybeans at 1036. Farm news brought to you by Dummer's Grain Service and Buck Country Grain. Harvest season is underway, and you know what that means. It's time to look at marketing your corn and soybeans. Buck Country Grain in Arcadia and Dummer's Grain Service in Holman are the people to trust. They work with the farmer to get them the most competitive price for their commodities. Target price offers purchase contracts, basis contracts, and more. They offer all grain services. Buck Country Grain in Arcadia and Dummer's Grain Service in Holman. Give them a call today or visit their website at www.buckcountrygrain.com. It's where your corn and soybeans want to go. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, Dumber's Grain Service, Holman, Buck Country Grain in Arcadia, bringing us the farm news. Scott, some of the things going on. The official Class 3 milk price came out this week at $21.61 a hundred for October. That's up $5.18 from the September price, and it's also $2.89 better than last October's Class 3 price. It's also the second highest class 3 price this year behind only the July price which was 2454. The lowest class 3 price so far this year was in May when the milk price fell to 1214 because of the upheaval caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. For the past 10 months of the year the class 3 average is $17.89. Farm Service Agency offices are in the process of winding down the first coronavirus food assistance program. Agency officials in Washington are telling state and county offices that they need to make sure that applicants for the financial aid have correctly filled out and sent in all the forms and documents needed to get their checks. The deadline for doing that is November 20th, and they will completely defund the program on December 11th. Wisconsin black bear hunters had a good season this fall. They took 4,129 bears this year, up from the 3,679 they harvested last year. All four bear management areas or zones exceeded their harvest goals this year. DNR officials say there will be some new zones added for 2021 with the deadline to apply for a permit December 10th through the Go Wild app and i'll tell you the bear out there and uh uh andrew was mentioning uh, the uh elk herd we're seeing a bunch of elk down in our neck of the woods yeah they're a jackson county herd down there yep so it's spreading uh, out yep it really is so again talking about a lot of big game elk bear and now we're going to talk about deer coming up uh, the self-harvest deer and also if you're a deer hunter and you don't like venison but you like to hunt deer 
you can donate that venison to the uh, hungry people around Wisconsin. So uh, lots of opportunity out there. So I guess it's Big Game Friday here on Wax. We'll talk about the, uh, the deer harvest next. I'm Shannon Latham. Get the quality you need for the germination and performance you want. Latham Seeds has the soybean brands right for your fields. New 1094 E3 has outstanding yield potential and tolerance to high salt soils. Proven performer 1429 LLGT27 has great lateral branching and a strong defensive package. 1995 E3 is a superstar and can handle salts. Pick quality yields. Visit LathamSeeds.com or call 877-GO-LATHAM. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, now that we are a few days into November, it really, really feels like deer season. Josh Scramlin here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And uh, archery and bow season's been going on since late September. Uh, we keep clicking along towards the gun season that we are all so excited about. We jo- got just a couple few weeks until that. And, uh, Caitlin, you bring up a very good point when we were talking about this earlier. Uh, you, you've har- or, excuse me, You've shot the deer. Uh, you want to get it in somewhere to get it processed. You may not be able to get a slot, so you might have to take matters into your own hands, but it's uh, maybe not as easy as it sounds. That's right, Josh. On the western end of the world's longest barn in lacrosse, I'm Caitlin Riley, and I've watched people harvest deer, but I've never personally taken part of it myself. And I was actually inspired to go and get some tips about it after hearing your story, Josh, about how backlogged a lot of our local meat processors are right now. So I reached out to Heather Quackenbaugh. She's a Lacrosse County Extension educator. And I asked her, first of all, is it safe to be harvesting our deer at home if we can't get into our local shop? In all honesty, my family has done it that way my whole life. It wasn't until recently that I used that benefit of going to the harvesting places, those meat processing places. So yes, harvesting and packaging and cutting your own meat is something that a lot of families do. And what is something that we need to keep top of mind? Because as we know, in the Midwest, weather can change in an instant and you may be able to get a deer on a cold day or you might get one on a warmer temperature day. So what do we need to do to make sure that the deer that we harvest doesn't spoil? That's really important. And you're right. Hunting weather is so different. If we get a deer when it's warm, we do actually need to act pretty fast. We need to cool that deer down to 40 degrees. We want to make sure it's field dressed within about 30 minutes of getting it. We want to hang that up and then make sure that it stays chilled at 32 to 36 degrees for safety. And when it's chilled like that, you do have some time. It can stay like that for five to seven days as you're cutting it up and then really getting it frozen at about zero degrees is the safest temperature. So there is some time. Now, when it's colder, you can relax a little bit, but you still want to make sure that it's going to be under 40 degrees whenever you are really getting it to be able to be packaged. And I know that our meat processors are incredibly skilled and they know what they're doing down to a T. Is there anything when we're going to cut out those deer at home that we need to keep in mind? If anything, just for our safety, are there cuts that we should know get rid of that? Yes. Um, Wherever that deer is shot, where there is bloodshot, you want to get rid of that and trim that out. If there's anything that looks 
like this might have been a wound, this might have been, you know, something that had happened to the deer to cut that out as well. We want to stay away from any of those internal organs leaking onto the, the muscle, the meat. And we want to stay away from the spinal cord and the brain. We don't want those liquids leaking onto the meat either. That can get pretty dangerous, particularly when we're looking at things like chronic wasting disease or things that deer may have that we don't want to ingest. So making sure that you are only cutting the good meat from your deer and then with the, then you get to decide how do you eat this do you want it more ground do you want more steaks do you want more roast you get to decide that which is kind of fun when you're processing it yourself I was going to say, it's probably quite the learning opportunity. It'll probably give some of us who are trying it ourselves an appreciation for when someone else does it for us and we can just pick it up. Have you guys at Extension, this may be an out-of-field question, but if you guys received any questions about this as people may be concerned about whether or not they're going to be able to drop a deer off at a local butcher? You know, we haven't yet. I think it's still a little bit early in that hunting season, and I'm not sure if this year is a little bit different with COVID, if people are still going out. I mean, maybe they're not going out as in many groups, and sometimes that affects how you get deer as well if you don't have folks helping drive or do things like that. Um, but we certainly can talk about the safest methods to preserve your food at home. And once you get that deer all cut up, what are some of the safest ways that you can package it to make sure that meat's going to last for you and your family? What you are going to want to do is usually use freezer paper or freezer wrap. You can get that at the drugstore, the butcher shop. I mean, you get freezer paper almost anywhere now. There are also freezer bags or containers that can be used for ground beef or ground venison, uh, stewed venison, things like that. Um, you want to get that packaged pretty tightly because you don't want that freezer to give your meat freezer burn. So maybe putting a layer of freezer paper between the steaks or patties so it's a little bit easier when you want to thaw that out to actually use it to cook with. And honestly, it's really up to you. I know my family went through a lot of ground meat when the kids were a little smaller and you know, eventually we had to go from the one-pound package to the two-pound package. And so that's what's also really nice about packaging your own is you get to decide that. The other thing that happens when you package your own meat is your patience will be tested. And initially you're going to start cutting off all of the fat and cutting off all of the, you know, the tendons and the stuff that you don't want to eat. And then by the end... <laughs> what tends to happen to me or our family is you just start getting what you can and throwing it in the bags or in the freezer paper and saying, yeah, that's good enough. So it is a lesson in patience. So maybe taking some breaks or making sure you have a good snack in the middle there is also a good idea. <laughs> and there are people who want to freeze. There are people who want to can their meat. And that is possible. And we can answer those questions. I totally forgot about the canning option, which is ironic considering that we chatted a few weeks ago about the canning lid shortage, this and that. And what are some ways for canning meat? Well, so what my family used to do is make mincemeat. And now I had no idea, Caitlin, that a lot of folks figure mincemeat is just those dried fruits mixed in with, you know, apples and prunes and all of that. 
my family added meat. And so when we talk minced meat pie, I'm thinking real meat pie, which Honestly, I haven't made since I moved away from home because there's just some things that you don't carry on the tradition. But doing things like minced meat or canning meat is certainly something you can do. You are going to want to use a tested recipe, particularly for meat, and you can get those on the National Center for Home Food Preservation. They have the ways to do it. You will, for meat, for sure need a pressure canner because you need it to get it hotter than just a water bath is going to get you. And again, many ways to enjoy the deer harvest. Heather Quackenbush down there in the Cross area visiting with our Caitlin Riley about doing all that. A lot of people do. As we said earlier, if you are a hunter but you don't want the deer, there is a deer donation program. Donate it, and the hungry people of Wisconsin will get it. And since the deer donation program began in 2000, more than 92,000 deer have been donated, totaling more than 3.7 million pounds of venison distributed to food pantries across the state. All you have to do is visit the DNR website, and you can find out what the procedure is and how you do it in your area. But again, don't waste it. There's a lot of hungry people out there, unfortunately. And if you would like to help them, the deer donation program, visit the DNR website. Did you ever can meat uh, on the farm or do something? Absolutely. Did you? Absolutely. And, uh, boy, this that segment just kind of had me hungry for a nice piece of backstrap. Oh, wasn't that something? Ooh. That's the first thing you do when you get a, you get one in uh, well, the, fir- the first night. You get the backstraps and fry yeah. them up on the deer, at deer camp. And I, I know it bothers some people, but I'm still a, a heart guy, too. I know you like to. It bothers your wife. <laughs> <laughs> she leaves the house. That's when I right. Go hey, well, all right. We got to get five thirty in the morning, and we've got uh, Scott with some local news. We we'll get Kelly in the weather. Got a lot of markets. Uh, Brent will be along this morning. A lot of busy things going on. What else is happening? Officials at the Wisconsin Department of Health Services say cases of coronavirus in the state increased five hundred thirty-one percent during the last eight weeks in a news conference. This week, Secretary Andrew Palm said it's possible to stop the spread, but soon hospital systems will reach capacity and won't be able to meet demands. That would put a strain on hospital beds and frontline workers during the ongoing pandemic and now the upcoming incoming flu season. Instructors at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire are calling for online-only classes after Thanksgiving. A group of staff sent a letter to the chancellor saying moving classes online could prevent a potential surge of cases this semester. Eau Claire County reports nearly 40% of all positive cases are among people ages 18 to 24. More than 70% of people in Wisconsin cast a ballot on Tuesday. That's uh, of eligible voters. The Wisconsin Election Commission said the unofficial voter turnout was uh, just under 73%. Nearly 3.3 million people voted in Wisconsin on Tuesday. Democrats say Joe Biden got more votes for president than any other candidate ever in Wisconsin, and that's including former President Barack Obama. 
the head of Wisconsin's election commission, says there's a paper trail for every ballot in the state. WEC Administrator Megan Wolf said the state did not have more votes than uh, registered voters on Tuesday, as some people have said. Wolf spent most of the day yesterday trying to squash what she calls misinformation campaigns. And, well, the Green Bay Packers once again made it look easy, well, relatively easy. The Packers beat the 49ers last night in uh, NFL football, 34-17. to Aaron Rodgers threw for 305 yards and four touchdowns. Of course, both players were down a few players because of the coronavirus. The Pack are 6-2 and two and still in first place in that NFC North. Yeah, they played a played a good game, but again, between injuries and the COVID, uh, San Francisco is just a a shadow. They said on the game I was watching yep. last night that not one player that touched the ball in that NFC Championship game where the Forty Nine ers blew out the Packers last year was playing last and night. Eight and that, skill players, yeah. I think, and anybody that, that touched the ball on offense yeah. wasn't playing last night for San Francisco. But as uh, Aaron Rodgers, I saw the press conference afterward i saw it early this morning he says you don't feel sorry for people in this league no you have to win your games <laughs> that's your job you put uh, you put players out there to represent your team if they don't win that's one thing but believe me nobody feels sorry for anybody else in this league it's a <laughs> yep. it's a very competitive environment that's for sure so yep. the packers moving on six and two all right we've got uh what i think is one of the nicest november fridays ever coming our way today Let's find out more. Kelly Slifka is over at Skywarn 13 this morning. And uh, did I describe it right, Kelly? Well, uh, one of the nicest Fridays ever in November? I think any Friday is pretty good in my mind. But <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's true. But, uh, boy, I'll tell you what. Uh, you can put a lot of miles on your bike today without a, without having much clothes on. Especially if you're headed north because there's going to be a little bit of a south wind today. So oh, that'll, boy. That will push you along a little bit over the next couple of days. But, you know, our record high today is 70 for this day. We're going to shatter that probably by the noon hour. We'll probably already be above 70. So it's going to warm up quickly. I know we're kind of getting off to a chilly start this morning in the Chippewa Valley, considering that we're going to head to the 70s. But as been the case over the last several mornings, we've uh, had cool mornings that the temperature really rises. And actually this weekend, the overnights are not going to be as chilly as they've been. In fact, we'll probably be in the 50s this weekend overnight, and then we'll be in the 70s in the afternoon. That's because there will be a little bit more of a wind. Uh, we will see uh, quite a bit of sunshine today. There will be some high, thin, cirrus clouds that will block the sun from time to time. Once again, there will be a little bit more of a breeze out of the south, but that will push us up to about 75. The record high today is 70. Tonight, we'll look at partly cloudy skies. And with a little bit more cloud cover and a southerly wind, we'll call for 52. Tomorrow, kind of in and out of some clouds. You know, the sun angle is so low, so it doesn't take much cloud cover to block out some of the sun. But that's not going to prevent us from getting mild up to 73. And partly cloudy and windy on Sunday, 73. We'll start to see some changes moving in on Monday with mostly cloudy skies and some showers likely. High of 64. Right now in Eau Claire with the uh, mostly clear skies, currently 37 degrees. I'm Sky Warren 13, meteorologist Kelly Slifka. But enjoy it because the next week at this time it'll be a little different, huh? Yeah, I know. Let's not think about that right no, now. No. Let's just think about the weekend ahead. Absolutely. <laughs> good idea. Thanks, Kelly. Have you, a good weekend. You too. There he goes. Kelly Slifka over there at Sky Warren 13. Our weather brought to you by Wheat and Grain this morning out in Chippewa Falls and those prices today at Wheat and Grain at their Chippewa Falls Wheaton location. Corn is three fifty-three. The beans at ten thirty-nine at their Connorsville location. Corn is three fifty-three. 
the soybeans at 1027. Again, that's at Wheat and Grain. Dad, what does Wheat and Grain do? We do it all, Cameron. Here at Wheat and Grain, we're a full-service grain elevator. We offer very competitive drying, storage, and many different types of contracts for corn and soybeans. We understand that every penny counts, and we do our best to pay our customers top dollar for their commodities. We also understand when the combines are not rolling, it costs our customers time and money. We offer on-farm pickup. If they need a truck, we take them one. Check us out at wheatandgrain.com. Wheat and Grain is our name, and bushels are our game. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 23 minutes now before 6 o'clock, and we'll take a look at some more farm news here in just a moment with uh, Scott. Well, this is actually farm news, and I saw this the other day, and I thought, oh, what a shame. Barry Flinchball, for anybody that uh, a few years ago, Barry Flinchball was one of the main speakers at uh, the Corn Soy Expo down at the Delts, and he's a Kansas State, he was a Kansas State University agricultural economist. He passed away earlier this week, I believe on Monday. He was only 78 years old, but uh, what a dynamic, charismatic guy he was. He was a little short guy, stocky guy. He had, you know, kind of gray hair and long, not long, but it was, you know, he had a full head of hair, let's just say that, and he'd talk. And he and he always wore that uh, Kansas State. What color are they? Purple, purple. purple. Yeah, he yeah. wore a purple jacket, sport coat, because yeah. he was Kansas State <laughs> through and through. And he'd run his fingers through his hair. And I'm telling you, he was the most he was the most dynamic speaker on agricultural <laughs> policy that I ever heard. And he was he was sought out by the Congress, by the administrations, to uh, help put together farm policy and. You know, they'd call him in and have him shoot holes in what they were looking at or what's good yeah. about it, what's bad about it. He was really respected all over the country as, yep. for many, many years for uh, what he uh, what he did as far as agricultural policy is concerned. He was originally from Pennsylvania, but an educator, and he was at Kansas State for his basically his career as an agricultural economist. But uh, he officially retired in 2004 but still taught one of the most popular classes there is emeritus professors, they call them, but still had his classroom full all the time with his uh, ag econ classes. And, uh, boy, what a shame to to lose Barry. It was funny because he tells stories, you know, those guys, I went in and I saw, I don't know, Nixon or whoever it might have been, and he said, I was talking to those people and his advisors, and I told them they're nuts. <laughs> You know, and, and that's just the way he talked. Yep. He was just a uh, man. He said, he said, they wanted my opinion, and I gave it to them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he'd tell them when they had good farm policy, he'd support it. When they didn't, he said, no, no, it's not any good. we got to change it. This is what will work for farmers. We don't care about it works for the government. We want yeah. it to work for farmers. But Barry Flinchball, really a, just a <laughs> colorful guy and a knowledgeable guy and a loss for agriculture, that is for sure, because he yeah. he was one of a kind. And if you saw him at the Corn Soy Expo or anyplace else, you know, he was he was worth listening to, that's for sure. All right, what else is going on? Oh, farmer-led dairy product promotion is working. That's the message from various dairy promotion groups led by Dairy Management Incorporated. DMI leaders pointed to recent USDA reports 
that shows consumption of dairy products has reached 65 point, or 653 pounds per person in this country during 2019. That's the highest it's been in 60 years. Cheese consumption in the food service industry for products like pizza and sub sandwiches has led the increase, but butter and yogurt are the products that have increased in consumption as well. Low prices for dairy products have helped that jump in dairy consumption. Butter is at historically low prices as spot market for butter has seen prices in the dollar forty range. The first time since 2013, the price has been under $1.50 for any length of time. Manufacturers say that may change for the rest of the year as they take more of the excess cream available to the market and ramp up cream cheese and eggnog production. And I'm getting hungrier by the moment. Yeah, and that, uh, just looking at the butter prices, it settled yesterday. One forty-three and three quarters, well below a dollar and a half. And uh, we mentioned on the farm calendar that uh, going on today over at Premier Livestock, there is going to be a uh, draft horse sale. They'll start with the horses about eleven, I suppose, about eight thirty, nine o'clock. They'll start with tack harnesses, and I don't know what else they'll have. But uh, again, that's at Premier Livestock today over in the Withy area, south of twenty-nine and uh, seventy-three. But uh, some other activities going on, whether they be live or virtual in the next uh, period of time? Yep. Uh, The Wisconsin Farmers Union annual meeting schedule is underway. That'll be uh, coming up here in Buffalo County on Sunday at 1230, Chippewa County at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, and St. Croix County on November 14th at 7.30 p.m. Go to wisconsinfarmersunion.com slash events to get in on that Zoom link. And a reminder that the Pest Management Update Meeting programs will be coming up here. Those vir- They're virtual this year. They're going to be held on November 10th, 11th, and 12th. And the same content will be presented each day. So oh, probably only sign up and go to one and... In case you're, uh, unless you're a little slow like us and, you know, you have to have it sink in. But give your UW Extension Agency office a call uh, or just do a Google search to get signed up and get involved in those. And uh, another big, uh, oh, I can't forget, coming up on the 15th, it's a week, a full week away yet, uh, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., the Nielsville FFA alumni is having their drive through pancake breakfast over at the Niels, uh, Nielsville High School. They're going to be serving that out of the high school football field food stand. All right, and that's virtual, though. They're, you know, obviously, you're not going to drive through. Yep, drive through. So that's November 15th. All right, so some things coming up on the calendar as we're about 17 minutes now away from 6 o'clock. We'll get to some markets. Coming up on Wax, it's 37 degrees, 75 and sunny today. I can't say that enough. To the soybean farmer who knows the early rise, who's there even when times are hardest, whose fingers bless Wisconsin soil, who sows in our hearts and grows for our children. To the soybean farmer, we stand with you. Strengthen the voice of Wisconsin farmers. Join the Wisconsin Soybean Program at wisoybean.org. 
If you are involved in youth or high school sports, you need to know about Positive Coaching Alliance. PCA is a national nonprofit organization developing better athletes and better people through youth and high school sports. For more information, visit positivecoach.org. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 17 minutes before 6 here at Wax 104.5 and Midwest Farm Report. Let's get into the markets and head over to the Altoona Equity Barn and hear from Mark Koger. In the Fed Cattle Division on a light supply, choice beef steers and heifers selling from 90 to 97. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers 88 to 94. Choice Holstein steers 80 to 88 with your heavyweight and underfinished steers and heifers selling 80 and down. 20% of slaughter cows here on Thursday selling from 48 to 53. We topped at 56. 60% of cows selling from 36 to 48 with 20% of cows selling 36 and down. Most of the slaughter bulls here on Thursday selling from 65 to 78. Thin, full, bulls over a ton, horn bulls and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the Holstein bull calves weighing 95 pounds and up here on Thursday selling from 50 to $100 per head with the light, more quality calves selling below your fancy beef calves selling from 50 to $175 per head. Quick reminder, special feeder sale here on Friday, the 6th of November. Uh, for more information on that sale, give us a call here at the market at 715-835-3104 or go to our website at equitycoop.com to check out our early consignments. This is Mark Koga from the Equity L2 Auction Market. Have a great day. This season, there's a new choice for your fields. Zatabo soybean seed, designed with triple-stacked Enlist E3 technology for weed control flexibility. Supported by a dedicated team of BASF agronomic experts. Protected by the versatile BASF soybean crop protection portfolio. Zatavo soybean seed, stacked in your favor. Zatavo from MS Technologies, distributed exclusively by BASF. Always read and follow label directions. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 14 minutes to 6, 37 degrees. More markets from the equity barns. We go to Stratford on this Friday morning. Jerry Fitzgerald is up and with us. You got all your, uh, good morning, Jerry. You got all your ballots counted for whatever. Oh, yeah, good morning to you, Bob. Yeah, we had everything wrapped up by 8 p.m. on uh, on uh, Tuesday evening, and uh, we had uh, uh, in our you know in the rural areas out here the the percentage of absentees and in person is not nearly as great as it is in the r- urban areas. Yeah. So we had about twenty four percent of the people vote absentee or in person, whatever you want to call it. So we were able to process those uh, during the day. You know when you had time between when other folks were voting. So no, we had everything wrapped up by by uh, eight o'clock. And uh, it's, oh, that's uh, good. Like but- I said, the urban areas a much much higher percentage of of uh, absentees and in-person, and so it takes longer to process those. And yeah, it does. I think uh, folks if have they to have realize a, that. If, if they have a recall, though, do you have to go back and count, or did you send them into the state and the state does it? No, no. A recall, a recall, um, a recount is all at the county level. Oh, okay. All right. So maybe you're not done yet. All right. No, well, and, and so anyway, yeah. No, so we'll wait and see what happens, but actually the certification is not until December 2nd, I Yeah, believe, I know. Or... It's down the road a while, that's for sure. Well, we better get to work here. It's uh, Friday morning. What's uh, going on to wrap up the week over there at Stratford? All right. Well, Bob, thank you very much. And before we go any further, again, a very happy birthday to you. And uh, 
but we will do the markets here. And from this is a closing for this week here at Equity Stratford on the market cow auction this week. Uh, most of the uh, high yielding, fleshy utility cows selling from 50 to 56, and we topped on Monday at 59. Again, the majority of the cows this week were selling between 40 and 49. A lighter carcass, thinner cows below the $40 money. Better quality bulls this week were selling mostly from 73 to 83. Your lighter weight bulls below the $70 money. Price grading Holstein steers were mostly from uh, 81 to 91. Select grading steers under finished cattle, $80 and below. On the uh, calf market this week, good quality 9,230 pound Holstein bull calves, mostly from 50 to 125. Cream top and the bull calves reached 145 again on Monday's auction. Uh, heifer calves, a very limited demand this week, $40 and below. Beef calves continue to be in good demand on the close, mostly from uh, 100 to 220. And again, they topped at 245 again on Monday's auction. Now, a full marketing week on top again next week here at Equity Stratford. Of course, uh, four, markets, uh, four marketing days. Our next hay sale will be next uh, Tuesday, November the 10th. Next feeder cattle sale Wednesday. November 11th, and as part of that hay sale, we already have bedding consigned for that. Uh, so if you're look for, looking for cornstalk bedding or soybean straw bedding, already on the consignment list, and we'll have more, of course, added before the sale next week. So again, all this information uh, is on our website, Equity Co-op, click on the Stratford page, and uh, got any questions, you can call us, 715-687-4101. So Bob, that's what we have for you folks this morning, and again, Bob, happy birthday, and uh, uh Folks, if you see Bob driving around today, you know, just um, stopping. <laughs> I don't know what kind of cake do you like, Bob. Oh, I, I'm pretty, uh, pretty open to most any kind. That's for sure. I like, I like cake. I like sweets. So we'll, we'll find some somewhere. Hey, you have a good weekend and enjoy this nice weather through the next few days. You too, Bob. Also, you betcha. It'll be a nice one coming up. And uh, well, we won't talk about it next week uh, weather until it gets here. That's for sure. Jerry Fitzgerald over the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Hurlbert Heating and Plumbing is offering you a free water heater or duct cleaning and UV light with your purchase of a new system. Call them today and get all the details. For over 60 years, the experts at Hurlbert have promised superior home comfort throughout the Eau Claire, Menominee, and Hudson areas. Ask about no interest financing and a free water heater or duct cleaning with a purchase of a new system. Call the experts at Hurlbert Heating and Plumbing or get more details at HurlbertHP.com. Again, that's HurlbertHP.com. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And take a look at the rest of our markets. Board of Trade, December corn this morning up a penny at 410. The oats up two at 304. December wheat up two at 611. Soybeans a fraction higher for January at 1104. December meal up a dime, 387.90. And some of the elevator prices at uh, wheat and grain. The Chippewa Falls wheat and location. Corn 353, the beans at 1039. At their Connorsville location, corn 353, the beans at 1027. At Doomer's Grain Service in Holman, Buck Country Grain in Arcadia, corn today, 361, the beans delivered at 1036. Can we look at our DTN screen? At Golden Plump, corn today is 358 a bushel. At Baldwin, Elmwood, and Fall Creek, 360 on the corn, 1032 on the beans. Duran, Mondovi, 365 and 1032. At Osseo, corn is 370 with the beans at 1032. Stevens Point, soybeans 1038. Elk Mound has the corn at 364. Sparta, 355 for corn and 1018 for soybeans. Ellsworth, corn 352, the beans at 1032. Ethanol plants, Boyceville corn 361, Stanley 364, and at their New Richmond grain facility, 359. 
Barrel cheese down three quarters, 248 and three quarters. The blocks down 13 and a quarter at 249 and three quarters. Butter unchanged, 143 and three quarters. November class three down 20 at 2357. December down 75 at 1942. January down 32 at 1760. February down 13 at 1666. March down nine at 1638. Countryside Cooperative, creative solutions, exceptional value. Have you ordered your seed for next year? Have you applied for your producer financing? Talk with your Countryside Cooperative agronomist then reach out to the Countryside's credit department to get your plan set for next spring. There are many seed options on the market no matter what you're planning. Countryside Cooperative can help when it comes to deciding which seed to plant not only for your soil but for your operation and personal preferences. Order early to get the best available pricing and be prepared for next season. Countryside has agronomy locations in Durand, Ellsworth, Kings Valley Osseo, Milltown, Mondovi, New Richmond, and Wamandy. Call Countryside Cooperative at 800-236-7585 or visit countrysidecoop.com. Countryside Cooperative, creative solutions, exceptional value. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. As much as we might want to say some nasty things about Mother Nature as we got to the end of October, we got to take it all back here the 1st of November. Brent Wink joins us on our Countryside Co-op Crop Information Update Program. And boy, what a week it's been. And I know you've got some combine time in this week too, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. But before we get to that, Bob, a big happy birthday to you. What are you, uh, 48 today? Just turned 49. Okay, I was off again. And holding, and holding. (laughs) Holding tough, that's for sure. But boy, I'll tell you, it it has been a week to really get some crop off. It has been unbelievable for this first week of November. Yeah, unbelievable is right. You know, I think on Tuesday, the day of the election, I heard that was the warmest, in our area anyways, the warmest election Tuesday. I think uh, we had like 73 degrees, so just incredible what I saw coming off the fields this week. Just uh, myself as well took a few days of vacation, was able to be out in the combine some, and just great yields. The moistures on the corn are, you know, upper teens to low 20s, so it's just a amazing difference i know some of the soybeans that were still left out there i think the majority of those got out uh this past week so that was that was really a blessing because to see all those soybeans with snow on them there for that week period that just is a sick feeling i know uh, several of the growers that still had soybeans that i knew of were able to get those out so hopefully everyone was able to get those out or they still can yet this weekend because it sure looks good here for friday saturday and sunday yeah, it looks good, right? Monday maybe a little bit of a, a chance of rain, but still, again, it's it's been quite a week and a good weekend ahead. What are you finding, Brent? I know you've got a lot of acres to run over in your farm and doing some custom work. What are you finding about the, the integrity? You mentioned the snow on the beans, obviously snow on the corn as well. Did it cause a problem? Any lasting problems? Did it melt fast enough or did it tip a little over? You know what I'm seeing on some of the fields we've been in or just some of the fields driving around the the area, you know, those winds early in the week, we really had some strong winds, and we we found out which plants kind of maybe died a little early because there is some corn starting to break off a couple inches off the ground. 
starting to lodge in some areas and, and kind of cause problems. So we really are on bower uh, time here this fall. You know, it's, it's kind of an accelerated season. So just the ability to keep pushing to get that corn out of the field. You know, one of the things I did see uh, some of the fields that had fungicide applications, kind of to keep that plant health and keep some of the diseases out of that corn, that has been uh, a really nice dividend this year. So some of those fields were seeing some some good responses. But definitely, for the most part, the corn's standing pretty good, but we are starting to find some areas and some some fields that uh, it, it's starting to lodge. So it's hopefully, hopefully we're able to get this thing, you know, about, bunch of it done here by this weekend and and uh hopefully mother nature allows everyone to get finished up soon all right brent thank you very much yes and do it safely brent wink on our countryside co-op crop information update program on a beautiful friday 75 and sunny today we're looking about 37 right now but it'll warm up nice not gonna cool off much tonight it'll be in the low 50s by chore time tomorrow then sunny get on saturday 73 so uh have a good weekend and uh, yeah. enjoy it. Are you going to uh, do anything special for the birthday or not? Just be outside a lot. Good to be on this side of the grass, I'm isn't on it? the right side of the grass <laughs> yep. and hopefully stay that way a while. <laughs> All right, 37 right now, looking for 75 and sunshine today. Wax 104.5.